This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast, number one podcast in Oakland, number one podcast in the Bay Area. Uh, today we have a special talent here joining me today to talk about life and her experience growing up and everything in between. Um, when it comes to rising artists, like we always have, um, when we come to one of the best bartenders in San Francisco. When we come, when it comes to a woman who's reminds me of Keith Haring, uh, we think about Sarah Gerstall. Is it Gerstall or Gerstall? You know, actually, the word is still out on that, but we, <laughs> <laughs> we say Gerstall. All right. Well, anyway, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. How was your day today? It was all right. You know, energetic Tuesday. Yeah. So the reason uh, I wanted to bring you on the show today is because, I mean, just, I mean, you are an interesting person. Well, I don't know the exact extent of your, of your life, but I wanted to get to know you better through this interview. Um, are you originally from the Bay Area? No, I'm originally from Southern California, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've been here for a long time. What part of Southern California? I'm from a place called Agora Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's near calabasas unfortunately <laughs> and so that's like the rich part right uh yeah that's not okay. where i'm from though um that's the town next over it's uh yeah it's like i don't know my parents were like the first of the generation of people out there mm-hmm. it's just in a small little suburb in ventura and when did you leave there as soon as i could and so for college so you hated it oh, i hated it yeah why did yeah. you hate it? Um, a lot of reasons. Like, I recognized it was a really safe place to grow up, mm-hmm. but it was pretty um, isolated. We, used, we would call it the bubble, and uh, there wasn't a lot of activity there, and uh, I didn't like. I still don't like Southern California very much. <laughs> it just doesn't agree with me. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm in, I'm in the same boat. I don't really like Southern California, either. Yeah. I used to live in San Diego, so. Oh, really? Yeah. It wasn't my vibe. Yeah, it's a nice place to visit. I love it. Yeah, it's a beautiful city, but it's yeah. just boring and shit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I was bored, and I just wasn't into it. And so there was when, no one like me there, so. So when you were growing up, you really didn't get in trouble, I'm assuming? Or did the boredness make you get in trouble? I did not get into a lot of trouble. Um, I was, I, I was, I, I was a theater kid so <laughs> so i uh i got a lot of my uh i got a lot of my wiggles out that way were you one of those kids who used to like when harry potter came out um you would dress up as a wizard and go to the movie theater and shit? um no no i wouldn't i wasn't into harry potter i wasn't but i was more like dressing up like Rocky Horror Picture Show and going mm. to the midnight show sort of crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. What years were you in high school? I was in high school. Let's see, I graduated oh four, so two thousand one to two thousand four. Okay, so you were like a nerdy kid. I was like. You didn't have. Well, I'm assuming you didn't have this cool theater kid. (laughs) (laughs) If if you you didn't have the sex appeal that you have now in high school, right? No, I was wearing tutus over my jeans. Uh, Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) I don't know. That's sexy to someone. (laughs) (laughs) So was acting like a passion of yours yeah yeah i wanted to be an actress i wanted to be on snl Mm -hmm. i was i did improv comedy competitively yeah (laughs) it was very nerdy it's very nerdy is it still a passion of yours um you know i am very passionate about when i see someone who is doing an amazing job of acting i like touches me deeply and i really miss it mm-hmm. but i gone out for i think all the right reasons like i just i didn't see myself with the thick of a backbone that it would take to put myself out there over and over and over again mm-hmm. um so i miss it fondly if that makes sense was any craziness going on behind the scenes that made you say i can't keep doing this um like people stabbing each other in the back people like hooking up with each other with the directors oh, well, people were always hooking up with each other the theater uh-huh. kids are like the horniest people um but mm. <laughs> like i don't know i, I did it in college uh-huh. i was a theater major to begin with and then i just saw like i saw the roles i was getting and i saw that I was constantly being cast as a sex worker or an adulteress. Mm. And I didn't like the fact that someone else could tell me how to be or who I was. And so I was just sort of like, it was less bad things happening to me and more me seeing that this just isn't the kind of life I want. Why do you think you kept uh, getting casted for those specific roles? Um, I think because I, from a very early age, just occupied my body confidently. I grew up dancing Mm -hmm. and I was a lot more, um, I was a lot more extroverted back then. So Mm -hmm. like I had no problem getting in someone else's physical space and and still being in my own body. Mm -hmm. And some of those roles were cool, but that's... Have you ever acted like professionally, like uh, for like uh, something that'd be on TV? No, no, no. Oh wait, (laughs) (laughs) I am in a background scene of the uh, beloved comedy Dodgeball. I'm really, it's yeah, (laughs) it's very stupid. It was like a a field trip. Say that again. Seen that movie a million times. I haven't noticed you well. I didn't know you back then, but I'm applauding furiously. Does it like do? You, does it like show your face and like where people can like? Oh, damn, that's it, right? Yeah, there. yeah. One time I walked in on my roommates and they had it paused on the screen after I told them, and I was like, "You guys are super weird." But yeah, it's this like totally off scene. Rip Torn is giving a speech. I'm off mm. his shoulder. I'm gonna have to watch like that. Watch 17. it again. <laughs> you were seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you land up? It was a field trip with our drama club. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what uh, college did you go to? I went to SF State and then I went to Academy of Art. 
And which school did you enjoy the best? It's an interesting question. Um, I loved my experience at SF State because mm. I, I mean, I'm still friends with so many of the people that I met there. Mm. But, you know, I changed courses and I have nothing good to say about Academy of Art. It is a full scam and every single skill I use now, I taught myself. So, yeah. 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 But I'm still paying them. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I assume that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that fucking school is expensive as shit. And what's surprising about it, I didn't even know you guys had sports teams. Oh, I know. Yeah. They have scholarships for athletes yeah i don't know it's like i didn't know that because it's like an art school right why would an art school have a basketball team in a i or whatever yeah exactly i hated that as well uh, okay so uh when did you finish did you go to grad school at academy of arts Mm-mm. no i just like changed path midstream so mm. um let's say I did finished. you go there specifically for the acting no no i When I decided I wanted to stop acting, I um, decided I wanted to get into animation because I felt like I was really, I grew up also very, I grew up very creative Mm -hmm. a very creatively nurturing home. And so I was really missing my artistic side. Mm It's like really deeply calling to me. And I thought a great way to blend all of my three loves, which is acting, dancing, and art would be through animation mm-hmm. because there's so much focus on movement um, and performance. So, so when, you're, when you're talking about animation, you're not talking about the like cartoons and shit, right? Mm, no, I, I am talking oh, about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about something else. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, why the Academy of the Arts, though? Why'd you choose that? I didn't want to leave San Francisco. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And did you finish? I did. I did. I had to fight them to finish early, actually. But I have a degree. So. What year did you finish? Uh, 2011. And what was your next move after that? I thought I would be an adult and move back to L.A. to pursue some leads at some stop motion studios down there. Mm-hmm. And I stayed there for about nine months. And then I came back mm-hmm. for a job up here, actually, in stop motion, which is super rare. Um, there's no studios in San Francisco. What's, uh, what's stop motion? What is that? Stop motion is like nightmare. So stop motion is animating a physical puppet. So like Nightmare Before Christmas is stop motion. Um, Coraline would be stop motion. Mm. It's a very... It's like a realistic animation or something. Well, it's animation from real things. So like I could animate this microphone moving. I could Mm -hmm. take a picture, move it, take a picture, move it. Mm -hmm. That would be stop motion. But -hmm. I could also build a whole damn puppet and do the same thing with that puppet. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot more involved. It's extremely difficult and it takes a lot of patience, but I liked the sculpture aspect of it and the building things. Do you still do it? Not anymore. No, I got out of it because again, I like took a look in the future and I was like, this is not for (laughs) me. I'm going to get out. (laughs) Are you a indecisive person? Yes. Yes. I I get that from you. (laughs) Okay. So when you stopped working at that position, where did you go? Well, so 
we all got laid off. Mm-hmm. It was a studio under that was under uh, Disney, and they canned the film I was working on. So I uh, that was also part of why I stopped working in stop motion. I was like, mm-hmm. well, I would have to leave San Francisco again. Yeah, to go find another studio. Go back to LA, go back up to Portland. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So I got back into the service industry for a while. So that's when you started bartending? Yeah, I eventually started bartending. Um, and that gave me some space to develop my own freelancing career in uh, illustration and graphic design. Okay. So speaking of your freelancing career, you uh, have a viral painting. And when I when I introduced you, uh, saying uh, when I brought up Keith Haring, you know who Keith Haring is. Yes. So Keith Haring was famous for drawing penises, and you have a you have a viral you have a viral painting of penises as well. Do you know what uh, painting I'm talking about? Uh, the one of mine. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. There yeah. are also vaginas on there and uh. titties <laughs> and, and butts. So what uh, what uh, inspired that? Um, I was just extremely single. Tinder had just come out mm-hmm. and I was just like, this is so, I don't know. I, I was just like, it, this is all so cartoonish. Like this dating process. It's just like, it, like it was just wild, mm-hmm. you know, and I couldn't grasp it. And and that like shopping for a person and I just wanted to like have a good laugh at our sexuality. Right. Cause also like when you're shopping for a person like that, you like, you start to turn inward and this really, I found it not helpful way. Mm-hmm. And with personally in a lot of my art exploration, I like to find the humor in things to work my way through some stuff. And mm-hmm. I thought it would just be, you know, it'd be a good piece to connect with people and looks like it has been. <laughs> <laughs> Did a lot of people uh, hit you up saying, oh, can I, can I get that painting? <laughs> um, or is it a one of one? No, I have a, I have a bunch of prints available of this painting. Uh, it is the word <laughs> whatever drawn out in dicks and butts and titties and pussies. Mm. If anyone is interested, please reach out. Uh, no, um, People often were interested in it until they looked really hard and they were like, oh, it's both. It's not just dicks. It's also pussies. I don't mm-hmm. want the pussy. Or like, oh, it's not just pussies. It's dicks. I don't want the dicks. Which I also find it's like, it's really been more of like a study on people and how they interact with it. Mm-hmm. And I did a show and this piece is done in Illustrator. So it's, infinitely scalable so i blew it up really big mm. and it was really fun to watch people walk up to it and try to figure it out and then talk with their friend and just sort of they weren't necessarily interacting but they were it was exciting to watch them react to something i'd been working on for so long so you were going for the like the shock value more like introspective value mm-hmm. you know with you know a little sprinkle of humor because why not yeah yeah so when you were um 
like searching on Tinder and all this other stuff. Uh, well, when you were younger, did the type of partner that you were looking for back then change from the type of partner that you normally date now? Um, <laughs> I so desperately want to say yes, mm. but I, I, I like, no, I mean, who, when you distill it all down, it's like those core values of the person that I was looking for, I would find in some people and then there would be a huge red flag and then that wouldn't work out or we would want different things or mm -hmm. we wouldn't be in the same place at the same time in our lives. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I asked that question because usually when, when women are in college, they, they're looking for, Oh, I want the super smart guy, the guy who's about to graduate with a, with a master's, the guy who has money and shit like that. And then when they get out of college into the real world, they don't really give a fuck about all that stuff. Yeah. Do you think that's true? Man, you know, I I think you have a point there. I think some people have a checklist in their mind mm -hmm. and that checklist isn't necessarily um, organic to them. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. Um, I certainly had some times where I go, what should I be looking for? Mm -hmm. You know, but the shoulds are a very dangerous place to be in. <laughs> do you have any crazy uh tinder stories do you have any crazy tinder stories um oh my god it, it was really long ago uh not anyone can share you don't, have to, you don't have to say names and shit no i don't have to say names no honestly i i, I <laughs> I can't conjure up one, which is so sad because most of them you do for the story, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, oh, that is okay. True. Here's one: my last Tinder date. Mm -hmm. um, I did not want to go on at all. Mm -hmm. He showed up. He was like, "Well, first of all, my friend was my best friend lived up the street, and I was hanging out with her all day, and she was like, eat some mushrooms with me tonight.'" And I was like, "Oh my god, I would so much rather do that, but..." for some reason I feel like I need to go meet this random stranger on the internet that I know nothing about. And so I went down the street, I go to meet him. He's late, which whatever, like if I liked him, that wouldn't matter because mm -hmm. I'm often late. I understand, but he yeah. was late. And then he was, he didn't look anything like his pictures. And then he was boring like it was full like charlie brown like want 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 like i did not listen to anything he was saying to me mm. and i downed my drink and then he asked me if i wanted another one and i was like honestly i would really much rather go do mushrooms with my best friend right now so you go ahead and have a nice life and i will see you never and i left yeah. and that was it you and said that yeah <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be honest what, with what was he, he just was like looking in shock yeah, he did look pretty surprised and mm. he didn't say anything or I didn't wait for him to say anything. I just grabbed my bag and I left. Mm. Mm. Okay. I wish him well though. Okay. I'm sure he found someone. So um you're into fashion, right? I yes, I am. I am. Where do you get your fashion sense from? Oh my god. Um where do I get my fashion sense from? 
I feel like it's always been there. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother is a very fashionable person. Mm-hmm. And she always let me do my own thing, which I don't think she had a choice, but she did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know, I get my inspiration from how I want to feel. Um, I like to mix like a strong masculine thing with a strong feminine vibe and just kind of like how I'm feeling that day. Are you Jewish? I am Jewish. How'd you know? (laughs) The pale skin, the the brown hair. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) So every time I talk to a Jewish person, I always ask them, um, is Jews... Uh, is it a race of people or is it a religion? I like that question. I think it's somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're born Jewish. You're, if your mother's Jewish, you're Jewish. And it is a culture there. We, you know, it's passing down of traditions. You mm-hmm. don't have to believe in God. You don't have to go to temple mm-hmm. to be Jewish. But the traditions still get passed. Mm-hmm. So, because Lenny Kravitz is black and he's Jewish, <laughs> well, and then you there's be, white people who are Jewish. That's why I would say, I mean, is it a race or is it a religion? You could be mixed. Okay. So you say when if someone is, is it the mother has to be Jewish and then makes you Jewish, or is it the, yeah? So if the dad is Jewish and the mom's not Jewish, then the kid's not Jewish. Not technically, no. And that's a hundred percent rule. I mean, I'm reform. <laughs> um, you, I mean, but if you're practicing, right? So you're like half Jewish, mm-hmm. right? But depending on, I think, the congregation or who, you, what rabbi you ask, yeah, they'll say they might say no. Were your parents real strict with you growing up? Um, no, but they they gave me a good good moral map. And they didn't let me get into too much trouble. So you didn't grow up like in the church and all that? Oh, no. No. I mean, I was like, we went to temple for the high holidays. Mm -hmm. And I went to Hebrew school, so I was bat mitzvah. But, you know, my parents were very much of the mindset, like, if you're going to do it, do it under our roof. Mm -hmm. Because we want to be there for you if something goes wrong. So like, so did you ever do it under the roof? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about like experience, like alcohol and like drugs or anything. Yeah, yeah. And your parents knew about it. Um, my well, so my parents didn't. My mom knew. Like they would let my high school boyfriend sleep over, mm-hmm. which I found out recently. My dad told me he didn't know that Ben was my boyfriend. And I'm like, he's got brain stuff, so <laughs> I don't know how much that is accurate but my mom knew and were you guys like having sex yeah okay yeah and your mom knew you well she couldn't hear it but i mean i had to get on birth control okay all right yeah which i thought was cool you know she like she shared things with me about herself as a young woman growing up once i you know Probably around 17, we started having more open conversations about sex. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nothing that crosses any major boundaries. Like, it wasn't, it was never weird. Yeah. And I'm always really grateful for that. Do you think uh, a teenager, a young teenager going on birth control, don't you think that uh, 
like fucks up their I don't know, they're like yeah. their hormones or whatever, because uh there's grown women who are going birth control and it fucks them up. So as a teen, as like a twelve, thirteen, fourteen year old and you're going on birth control, isn't that like ruining your that's your a, shit for the future, don't you think? Yeah, no, so that's a great question. Um I got on birth control like seventeen. Mm-hmm. And I did I got off of it a couple years ago for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, I've been on this hormone pill my whole adult life. I don't know what it's doing to me. Mm. And it's been a real journey to learn about my female body in that way in its natural state. And mm. it wasn't it it takes a long time to get all that out of your system and really understand what's going on. Uh so you're I mean I, yeah, I'm not gonna ask you that. Um, I lost my train of thought. So yeah, so what what do you think about since we're on like women's bodies and all that stuff? What do you think about these southern states who just came out? I don't know if you know about this, but there's a few southern states that made it uh, illegal to have an abortion. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's just. It's not right for anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it should. The way that it affects an entire lifetime for not just a mother, mm-hmm. but the child who's born to a mother who's not ready, who doesn't want this child, and that can go on to affect everyone around you. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, the problems with it are so expansive. I don't think we could cover it in a podcast, but <laughs> yeah, I, I just, my heart goes out so deeply to any young woman any woman really any femme in the south right now it's just that's awful why do you think uh there are women who support uh these type of legislations oh because they are when so- it's so damaging to their own uh like to themselves they're women as well so why do you think it's so hard for them to realize okay this i'm a woman and I shouldn't be standing by these old white men who are making the rules on our body. Yeah, no, I, man, I, I wish I had an answer for that because I don't understand them myself. Like, I know that there are many ways a person can be brainwashed out of their own power, mm-hmm. and it can be so it can be just like such a virus. It can be so, so subtle over such a long period of time. And then it becomes so deeply ingrained in them. This like almost a self-hatred. Mm-hmm. Right. And for what? For power? For whose power? Mm. So, I mean, I try not to hold a lot of hate in my heart, but those women are just... <laughs> the devil (laughs) are you uh into politics um you know i try to pay attention but i am not one to sit i'm I'm a more of a listener Mm -hmm. i like to i like to hear what people have to say but i get a little nervous when i start talking politics because i'm not great at remembering names (laughs) (laughs) 
And I have a deep fear of sounding stupid. So I like to listen a lot and like to absorb. Mm. Yeah. What do you think should be legal? What do I think should be legal? Yeah, that's not legal right now. I think um, certain uses of psychedelic therapy should be legal. Mm-hmm. I think abortion should be legal. Mm. I think um, trans rights should be the same as cis rights. Um, what specifically about trans rights do you think that they don't have? I don't want to get into that. I don't like <laughs> I, this is I this is not I'm not the right person to be on this platform. <laughs> <laughs> again i'm like i don't want to sound stupid i just want to support people to live their lives yeah you know right, anyways we'll skip that thanks so what what do you think should that's legal that should not be legal <sighs> what is legal that should not be legal well well i feel like legal is in quotations mm-hmm. for that answer right mm-hmm um man so much this is <laughs> this is getting a little out of my realm <laughs> all right we can, we can pass that yeah legalese isn't isn't my uh, strongest strongest subject so what are you currently doing right now in your life what am i currently doing job wise um, I am working as a graphic designer mm. um, in a corporate setting, which is pretty interesting. Never mm. done that before. I am doing a lot of my own collages now, mm-hmm. trying to keep up the illustration, but I've like navigated more into collage work, which is something that I started getting back into at the beginning of the pandemic. Because it was just like I needed to change things up. It was something I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm helping my dad with his um, his like branding for his ceramics project that he's starting back up. So your dad is an artist as well. Yeah, yeah. He um, he's a potter. And are your parents still married? They are. They are. Okay. And they live out here? No, they live in uh, Ventura. Ventura. Okay. Nice. So what's the corporate uh, company you work for? Um, I don't know that I want to <laughs> say. Well, how long have you been there? <laughs> A year. A year? Yeah. And you like it? I do. Yeah. Um, I. It's just, it's also new to me. Mm-hmm. And... I started a month before we all had to go work from home. Yeah. So I'm like still trying to learn the ins and outs of the culture and how things work there. How do, um, what do you feel about corporate culture? I don't know what to feel about it, right? Like, because it all changed. And before I was working in this basement bar, like serving them all cocktails and like mm. making fun of how many emails they write. And now, I'm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't bartend anymore? No, I don't. I don't. I got asked to come back and I, I, it's just, it's not in the cards for me right now. Mm. I want to concentrate on 
my visual arts, not my liquid arts. When you started bartending, did you change a little in your like, personality? Oh, yeah. I, well, I don't think it changed as much as something inside of me like clicked. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a bit like rebellious and I've always found myself as like the rare woman amongst a sea of men in like whatever I'm working on. It's just, you know, animation. It's very male heavy. Mm-hmm. And at the time when I started bartending, it was still pretty male heavy and they just started getting women into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the bar I started working at, I was a hostess, then I was a server, then I was a bartender. So I got to see what it was all like. Mm-hmm. And there's something about being behind the bar physically. No one can touch me. I'm in control of the booze. I'm in control of the fun. Mm-hmm. And what I said goes. <laughs> and so, like, as a young woman, like, being given that semblance of, like, just a small confidence of power like felt really good and helped me sort of get comfortable in my own skin again Mm. i feel like you would love uh to be a dumb like bdsm type shit oh dude yeah i fully (laughs) 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 you said that quick yeah well there was a time when i wanted to go back to school to be a therapist Mm -hmm. and i was like how am i gonna pay for that and i thought oh i could be a dom like if someone wants to pay me to step on their balls like i would totally do that that's no problem for me what like happened? i got i what happened you got scared didn't you yeah i was like i don't know how i'm gonna get into that anyway what else <laughs> <laughs> i think it's kind of well i don't know the research on it but i assume it'll probably be very easy to do i had a friend who was trying to get into it at the time and it's like I guess, you know, as I get older, I'm like, man, I just want to deal with people less and less. Mm -hmm. So there was, there was that of it. It was like, well, I have to find someone to help me get into the game. And then I have to deal with a whole like new group of people and like learn a whole new thing here. And I just, I don't think I want to do that. (laughs) Yeah. It is a secret, crazy community. Yeah. Yeah, you ever been to the power exchange? No, but that's where we would send people if they were annoying and they're like, where do we go? We want to keep the party going. It's 2 a.m. Your bar is closed. And we're like, well, there's this great club down the street. <laughs> <laughs> All you can drink. <laughs> uh, all the people who don't know about the power exchange, it's the, the only sex club in S- San Francisco, I think, right? I- I mean, it's the only one above ground. Um, there was the armory, but yeah, the armory. I, I think that was like uh, for like uh, when they film like porn movies. Yeah, and they shit. did porn there. I applied for a job there as a set dresser. Oh yeah, I was pissed they didn't call me back. I would have been so good. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, tempted to take some tours there, but it just never happened. Yeah, I think, I think they closed down now. Yeah, they did. That was a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, San Francisco has has changed. Yeah. Do you think it's changed for the better since you've been living there? No. No, not at all. No? But what... Yeah, no, it definitely has not changed for the better. And there are lots of things 
I love about San Francisco that are still there, but man, there are so many things that I loved about San Francisco that are mm-hmm. long gone. And, you know, when I travel too, and people ask me about where I'm from and what it's like there, it's pretty hard. Like, you know, we were just in New Orleans. Yeah. And everyone's so nice there. Everyone's so nice. And I couldn't stop thinking about, remember when people in San Francisco were nice? Remember when they were like weird? When and- the hell was that? <laughs> nice? I don't think anyone was nice in San Francisco. No. Well, I'm not, I'm not originally from there, so I wouldn't know. But uh, definitely not, not like the hospitality in the South. No. That's no, for no. sure. No. But you could just like make a friend out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And now people don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say hi passing someone. They look at you weird. I'm, like, I'm just being friendly. You feel like you're going to stay there the rest of your days? Uh, I don't know. Um, I moved to the Presidio recently, and I feel like this is my step towards just moving in somewhere that's a little more nature-centered mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. a city. Have you ever lived anywhere outside of California? Uh-uh. No? No, I'm a true Cali girl. California girl. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because you didn't want to or just the opportunity never came up? Uh, no, I, for a bit of time, I thought I wanted to go live in New York. A lot of my friends were moving there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I just really love avocados and marijuana. So I didn't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they have avocados everywhere. They do. They do. But, yeah. you know. Okay. Not, California, huh? It's more about the marijuana. <laughs> All right. Um, so... This is the point of the interview where you have the the time to like promote whatever you want to promote. Oh my god! If you want to shout out, uh, I don't know, shout out like a friend or like a business or something. Give your Instagram. Yeah, or, I can give my Instagram or anything. If people want to contact you about this uh, pen- famous penis uh, picture. That we were talking about. Yes, listen, I have much more than genitalia artwork out there. Um, if you'd like to check out my art, it's at Sister Stranger on Instagram. Um, if you want to go get a delicious cocktail in the mission, go check out Evil Eye. That's where I was bartending right before shutdown, and it's just the absolute best place to hang out. Is that um, place still? Is it open back up? Yeah. And they're doing indoor that's, dining. That's uh, by 24 Bar Station, right? Yeah. Oh, my, okay, yeah. Yeah. And uh, tip your bartenders, people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that's it? That's was, all. Those are your last words? Yeah. Okay. Well, Sarah, um, like she said, everyone, hit her up on Instagram. She doesn't bartend anymore, but if you go to Eva, uh, make sure it's you tell the bartenders that Sarah sent you. And maybe uh, they'll give you a discount. But most likely they won't. But anyway, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. And yeah, we'll keep in touch. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast, and we are out. You. Uh-